0: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to Josh, the lead singer of the band The Afters. Been hanging out in Kalgoorlie with uh, Will Graham and Steve Grace and uh, heaps of great Christian singer songwriters. Uh, many people have come to Christ, over 400 people come to Christ across the weekend. It's been so awesome. And the Afters have performed uh, some uh, incredible uh, concerts here across the
1: weekend. Mate, let's find out a bit of your story. Whereabouts were you born and raised, Josh? I was born in a little town in Wisconsin. I was born on a farm. And uh, my family, uh, my, actually my parents got saved the day I was born. Uh, my, uh, my mom, she had a home birth. And uh, the local pastor heard that there was somebody having a baby. So he came out and shared the gospel with my parents. And on that day, my dad gave his life to Jesus. It was a false labor. So two weeks later, when my mom went into real labor, the pastor came back, and he shared the gospel again. And my mom gave her life to Jesus that time. So uh, it was pretty cool. They, f- they they came to Jesus on the day I was born, and uh, after that, my dad uh, moved the family down to Texas, where he wanted to go to Bible school. He wanted to learn more about the faith and uh, learn more about Jesus. and And so uh, we moved to Texas. Uh, we were in the church so much early on that my parents tell me my first word was not mom or dad; it was Jesus, because we were always in church and always singing. Songs and learning about Jesus. So, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of my upbringing, you know, being being around the church and my parents being very excited about uh, their new faith and and uh, then so I lived in Texas for most of my life uh, and now I live in Arizona. Mm-hmm.
0: And tell us a bit about your faith journey.
1: Did you have sure. a conversion experience, or did you just always believe? Well, like I said, my, you know, with my first word being Jesus, I just grew up learning the Bible stories, and I I grew up in the church. You know, I didn't have this uh, this dramatic. Okay, I I was lost, and now I've been found. I didn't have that story, but what I did have was when I when I reached college, um, you know, I had been in church my whole life and kind of grew up with it, and that's great. But one thing that can happen when you grow up in a culture that's so Christian and grow up just being around church all the time is you can take it for granted. And it can be your parents' faith. And there has to come a time when your faith becomes your own. And so for me, that was in college. I had a, uh, a professor who started asking some very challenging questions. He was a philosophy professor and started asking questions that got to the core of, you know, why do you believe what you believe? And is all this stuff that you believe true? And uh, that's when I got into apologetics and really started diving into the word in a deeper way. And I really wanted to understand inside and out why I believe what I believe. And so after I left that school, I went to uh, like a Bible study seminary and uh matt my guitar player and i we we went there until we started touring with the band
0: and how did the band
1: all start were you into music as a young fellow as well i did i started playing uh, piano when i was just a kid my dad would put me on his lap and start teaching me notes on the piano and uh started uh, kept playing piano throughout my childhood Uh, and i sang in a boys choir for a while but uh guitar was something i picked up when I was uh, just starting high school. And uh, I went to a high school where my guitar player, Matt, he also went, but he was a couple of years old, uh, older than me. And so we weren't great friends, but we sang in choir together and we knew each other, but he was way cooler than me, you know, he was he was a couple of years ahead. But after we graduated, uh, we both started working at the same Starbucks. And uh, it was before Starbucks was really popular. And so we would open up the store at five in the morning. And after we opened and got everything ready, there weren't a whole lot of customers yet. So we would have a couple hours where there was almost nobody coming in. And so uh, we were both uh, musicians and we would lead worship at different college group or different high school and college groups. So we, uh, we thought, let's pull our guitars out. And so right there in the coffee shop, we started writing songs. And then a customer would come in, we'd start singing out their drink orders, we started making up goofy songs, and we would just have fun. And next thing we knew, people wanted to know where they could see us play a concert. So we thought, oh, that's a great idea, let's, let's play a concert. And so we booked our first show, and uh, at our very first concert, we, we had about 300 people come out, and I think most of them were, were customers from that coffee shop. And uh, we just started kind of growing from there. We'd play around wherever we could, we'd play clubs and churches and high schools and just anywhere where they would have us and we, uh, we ended up playing a show uh, one night uh, with a band called Mercy Me and nobody knew who they were yet uh, they even played a song called I Can Only Imagine, and they had to have the words on the screen because nobody had ever heard the song before. I remember thinking, oh, that's a good song. That might do something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that night we became good friends with the Mercy Me guys, and uh, we kept in touch over the next couple of years. And, of course, they ended up blowing up, and uh, that song ended up becoming the biggest Christian song of all time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we got a phone call from Bart, their lead singer, one day. And he said, our, our label is interested in signing you guys. Can we meet? So we ended up uh, meeting up with them and signing with their record label. And then they said, we want to take you on tour. And so they took us on, uh, it was their undone tour. It was a big 45-city tour of the whole U.S. And so I remember the day very, very vividly when uh, we worked our last day in Starbucks coffee. And uh, we, we then went on tour, and, and uh, we've been touring ever since. What was your
0: first big song that, that you guys launched that went on the radio?
1: Well, we had a, we had a song that was picked up by an MTV uh, Show called 8th and Ocean and that was our first lucky break that one uh, it kind of grew a life of its own and it's it's something that we, we still to this day don't know exactly how it happened but somehow someone at MTV uh, ended up getting our music getting our CD and fell in love with a song called Beautiful Love and said this has to be on the show and so we just heard it's a reality show about models living together and trying to get in the modeling industry. And at first we were like, no, we're not really interested in that. And then uh, the producer was so set on it, he said, well, can we at least let's fly to Nashville? We'll show you guys the pilot episode. And uh, in the in the pilot episode, we saw that one of the characters was a girl from Models for Christ. And part of the the story in the show was that she's dealing with you know keeping her faith and in the midst of this whole modeling world and and so we were kind of intrigued and it, w- it was actually a lot cleaner than we expected so uh we we said okay and man that that uh that really did blow up and and uh ended up being a great thing mm-hmm. for us and we later heard too that our music being on there encouraged that girl who was on the show too so yeah. it's kind of cool how it all worked out nice. <laughs> so good so I, I
0: do remember that song and uh i think never going back to okay was that another big one that was yeah. early early days yeah yep,
1: never going back to okay that was the next record and uh, that, that was a fun one to write. Yeah, that was that's still a fun fun song to play. Mm. What's the heart behind that song? So that song, I wrote it. Uh, I have a brother who's struggled with drug addiction mm-hmm. for most of his adult life, and uh, he actually got to the place where uh, he was throwing his life away because of his addiction, and he uh, he lost his his son was taken away by child protective services. Uh, he lost his home he lost his car he was losing everything and his uh his house was busted in by the uh, by the police and they found a meth lab in his home, in his uh, kitchen and so he was arrested and spent time in jail and uh he's he's the person who everybody thought okay he's he's never going to get better because people would try to reach out and help him try to offer him help you know we'll, we'll pay for you to go to rehab and every time he would just push him away and uh, after he served time when he got out on his own he checked himself into a Christian rehab and uh, he he turned his life around he's been clean now for over 10 years and gave his life to the Lord and has his children back and he's uh, he's a great father and so seeing that kind of transformation in his life because he's the person who I thought okay he's never going to get better and my mom always said just pray for him pray for him and so that's a reminder to Pray for the people who you, don't give up on them, because mm, mm. God never gives up on us. Mm. Uh, he wants all of his children to come back into his fold, and he's not going to stop uh, calling them until they're there. And so uh, never going back to okay is about just not giving up, not going back to my old life, but, but choosing to live for what's important. And that's what I saw my, my brother do. Mm.
0: The other song I love of yours is the song Battles. Tell us the hype behind oh, I mean, that Battles. song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Battles is an anthem uh, against fear. You know, anxiety is something I've dealt with my whole life, and uh, worse when I was younger. But I heard a quote from, uh, from an article recently where they said historians are going to say that this is the age of anxiety. You know, we deal with huge amounts of anxiety and worry and stress, and, you know, whether it's from work or whether it's your family or whether it's the future. I mean, there's so many reasons for us to worry and, and, and have anxiety, but, but God doesn't want us to worry. Our lives are in his hands, and the thing it says in the Bible more than anything else is do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. It says it one time for every day, 365 times. And so I think God's trying to tell us something. He wants us to trust him. Mm -hmm. And so fear has no place in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so battles is about giving all that over to him and saying, God, I trust you. I know that you're working on my behalf. It's an anthem that you can sing over your life. Mm -hmm. You're fighting my battles. Mm -hmm. You're fighting my battles.
0: Now, being uh, you know lead singer of a band on the road all the time, you're so busy. What do you do for your personal devotional time with God?
1: You know, I have uh, a few different devotionals that I that I go through. Um, one right now that I'm going through is written by Stu G. He wrote a a book on the Beatitudes. That's really fantastic. He was the guitar player for Delirious, one of my favorite bands, and uh, and he's become a good friend. But he has a fantastic book. Uh, that's basically devotions on the Beatitudes. And so uh, that's what I'm going through right now. But I've, I'm really plugged into my home church. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first couple of years that we toured, we toured so much that we were always gone on weekends. And I remember coming home and having a weekend at home and going to church with my wife and kids and realizing that nobody at my church even knew me. They didn't know that my wife was married to me. And so it, it was kind of a wake-up call for me that I wasn't being a part of their spiritual life. I was doing ministry every weekend, but I wasn't ministering to my own family. And I wasn't being a part of a church community. Mm-hmm. and Because there were literally times early on when we, were, we played 250 shows in one year. And it was just too much. And so I remember uh, we played a show with Casting Crowns and we had the same green room as those guys. And so I was sitting on our couch with their singer, Mark Hall, and I was just venting to him. I was telling him, you know, how, how do you do this? It's not sustainable. You know, we can't stay this busy and still be good husbands and good parents. And, and he said, you know, you call the shots. He said, you tell your booking agent how often you want to be out. He said, I go home almost every weekend. We tell him we want to be home for church. We want to be home for church. And I was like, you can do that? It was like, whoa, <laughs> my mind is blown right now. And he said, I'm, he said, he was even on staff at his church. He's a youth pastor at his church. And so uh, Matt, my guitar player and I, we, we decided we want to change things radically. And so we met with our whole team and told them we want to be home this many Sundays out of the year. And we don't care how you get us there. We'll f- We'll drive through the night and fly on the earliest flight, but we want to be there worshiping with our families and part of our home church. And, uh, man, it's amazing how God has blessed that mm. so much. And that's been a really cool part of our journey and staying connected and being challenged spiritually at home so that we can feel refreshed and, and our tank is full so we can go out and do ministry in a, in a richer way.
0: You mentioned before that you love Delirious and obviously yeah. Mercy Me, uh, Casting Crowns. Yeah. What, what other bands influence you? Who's really impacted you that maybe you've listened to their stuff or traveled with them?
1: You know, as a, as a kid, Michael W. Smith was my hero. Mm-hmm loved his music he was a big reason why i ended up going to music because i went to a michael Lewis smith concert and i just felt the tug i said that's that's what i feel like god's calling me to do so he's been a big influence uh Right now, I've been loving for King and Country. They they do great great music and Aussie boys, yeah. They're Aussie boys, exactly. Uh, so that's and a lot of worship stuff too. You know, I, I love to lead worship at my home church, and so I'm always listening to worship music. And there's a lot of great uh, church worship teams that are putting out great music, like Elevation and Bethel, and I mean just so so many great worship bands out there. And I heard you share
0: a little bit of a gospel message before Will came out at the Calguli uh, event the other day, and I just could tell you're a preacher as well as a worship leader, you know. Um, You know, there might be people listening that have never heard the gospel. Uh, You shared that you always had a faith in the Lord, and then you had to really make your own decision to follow God uh, in your college years. Uh, Just speak to those listeners right now. Whoever's listening that needs to hear the gospel, what's the
1: good news? You know, we spend our life on so many things that seem important. You know, we spend our life working as hard as we can to pay the bills, to pay our rent to put food on the table to provide for our families and there's almost nothing that we won't do to make that happen like we will work as hard as it takes to make that happen but when we leave here what's our legacy what happens after that and so for me the thing I always remember is we have one life to live. we only get one shot at this so what are the important things in life because that's what I want to live for and I believe that God's put us here for a reason there's nobody who's on this planet for an accident and uh, he, he wants us to be a part of building his kingdom and so there's so much more to life than just waking up and going to work and going to bed at night. Mm. You know, There's so much more to it. And all that is a part of life, and it's great. And God wants you to provide for your family, and he wants you to, to live life, but he wants you to do it all for him and for his glory. And so uh, yeah, I encourage you, no matter what you've been through, the beautiful thing is because of the gospel, because of what Jesus did for us, all of our past, some of us feel like I'm not even good enough to go before God. I'm not, I'm not good enough to talk to him. Mm. If he knew what I did, he would hate me. Mm. But the beautiful thing about the gospel is Jesus' blood washes all that away. Mm. So no matter w- what's in our past, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what regrets we have, no matter how much of a horrible person we've been in the past, it doesn't matter. All that is washed away, and we are beautiful in the eyes of God. We're his beautiful creation, mm-hmm. the creation that he made us to be. And so, yeah, I would encourage you to step into that, step into that promise that we have that we are made new because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the most important decision that you will ever make in your life is giving your life to Jesus. That is, that is the most important decision. And if you do that, your life will radically be changed. And, uh, and you'll be living for the things that are important.
0: Well, I can really see that you guys have a heart for God and a heart for people to connect with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people want to connect with you, I guess they can search up on social media. Do you, do you guys yeah. do a lot of social media?
1: We do, yeah, on Facebook, uh, just the afters on Facebook and then on Instagram where the afters official. Mm-hmm. We've been posting stuff from here in Australia because mm-hmm. we got up at the crack of dawn to go look at uh, some kangaroos in their natural habitat mm-hmm. on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've been posting a, a lot from this trip and mm. it's it's been uh, it's just a great experience being here the people here are so warm and friendly mm. you know what's funny is my wife started a thing uh, years ago because we travel so much mm. uh, my wife started a funny thing that if we were ever in a country uh, it actually started in europe we were in europe and we did something embarrassing and people were like oh what are you doing and i think we walked across the street you weren't supposed to walk across or something and people were yelling at us and my wife said sorry we're australian <laughs> That's <laughs> what so you've been doing Yeah, and so ever since, right? Away, you know what they did? They were like, oh, no worries, no worries, yeah. No okay. worries. yeah. Oh, okay. But here's the thing, if, if we said, oh, we're Americans, they'd be like, oh, you silly Americans. Oh. But everybody loves Australians. Oh, they love us Wherever you go in the world, people
0: love Australians. Well, thank you, I think, for that. <laughs> but no, really, really, really want to encourage you guys. And hey, if you ever need a pastor, you know, to come on the road as a chaplain, you know. Oh, cool. You've got my number, bro. Thank you, you. Know. yeah, yeah, come on. Really appreciate your time today. I And you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.